Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Revenue Podcast. This is Focus Fridays, and I'm here, Ethan Parker, with my man, Brendan Dodge, as always. And Brendan, why should people listen today? Uh, Why people should listen today is to maximize and optimize the time they have within a a given week. Um, Whether you're a full cycle AE, whether you're an SDR, how can we uh, make the best use of our time uh, to be the most efficient in our roles uh, so we look at ways on how to structure your uh, week in terms of batching certain activities uh, that you have to do. And then also, um, you know, time management. If you're an AE, what is what does time management and structure look like throughout your call? So you are uh, maximizing the time that you have in front of your prospect. Yep, yep. This was a fun one, bit of a deep dive on time management. So kind of a little bit longer of an episode than most of our Focus Fridays. But I think it's got a lot of good stuff in here. And uh, we did have a slight, or I should say I had a slight audio hiccup mid-episode. So you'll hear a a clip and cut um, right in the middle of the episode. But um, it is uh, still some great stuff. Some final thoughts to leave everyone before we dive in the episode is uh, if you are a seller out there and you are in a hunter role, meaning you are going after your own prospects and trying to fill your pipeline and just really take it to the next level, um, but you're tired of sending hundreds of cold emails, making a bunch of cold calls and you know, not landing meetings with clients, then we do have those meetings, sometimes discovery falling flat. Uh, if you're looking to take it to the next level, hit me up. Uh, we have a program called Outbound Squad with my man, Jason Bay, that is all about getting to the next level in your sales career. So if that's of any interest to talk about, shoot me an email. Just put squad in the subject line. My email is ethan at blissfulprospecting.com. And without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, all right. Focus Fridays, here we go. So uh, we mentioned last week, Focus Fridays, Brendan, that we were going to do a bit of a deep dive on time management. We talked a little bit about that around prep last time. We'll we'll go into a little bit more detail here today. I think this is super needed. Something that we, you know, we get asked about often. I struggle with it. You struggle with it. Everyone struggles with time management. So we want to talk about some like best in class things that you can do. Start making your week, your sales calls, and just every part of your job flow a little bit smoother. But to that end, Brendan, what have you been seeing? What do you want to start with? What do you want to unpack around time management? Yeah. So I think it's just uh, structuring your week for success. You know, how can we, um, you know, with all the meetings that we have lined up for our week, how can we still add blocks in for um, key pieces of activity, prospecting, follow-ups, um, you know, research, how can we set ourselves up to have the most productive week um, and not feel like the general sense of like feeling too busy? Um, yeah. I wanted to get your your kind of two cents on um, on that element of it. Um, so was just really curious there, especially like when we get into prospecting a little bit, we have somebody on the phone. Um, we're, we're so eager to get time on the calendar, but we feel like overcompensate more towards a prospect's calendar and not take into consideration hours and where that meeting flits and fits in the general flow um, of our schedule. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot to this. So to your point on the, you know, letting the prospect run the show on the timing of the call, 
Um, there's some, there's some things I want to unpack around like when you should be scheduling your sales calls for, you know, statistically the highest percentage of success. And we can, we can chat about that. But to your point, obviously there's variables here. If you're an AE, if you're an SDR, BDR, like obviously two obvious differences there. If you're a SDR, BDR, then, you know, you have six hours plus a day that you are doing prospecting activities. If you are an AE, regardless, if you have an SDR, BDR, what separates, you know, good sellers from like really world-class sellers and the income difference is that they are also doing their own prospecting and generating their own opportunities. And so how do you fit that in amongst everything else you got working pipelines, deals in motion, internal meetings, et cetera. So let's start with kind of the basic principles of structuring your calendar and some necessities there. And then we can kind of get a little bit more specific around that situation you mentioned. So one thing is you need time on your calendar every single week to plan and prepare. So that is make adjustments to whatever template that you have set up on your calendar. And by template, I mean, you probably have recurring things on your calendar for things like maybe, um, you know, prepping for the day or, um, prospecting, cold calling, um, follow-ups on uh, deals in motion, um, you know, your meetings that you, internal meetings that either are driven by your boss or yourself, uh, maybe breaks are built in. I'd highly suggest they are. I've started doing that recently. It's been a game changer for me. Um, things of that nature. So, you know, we want to have have time to plan that out, not for this week, but for the following week is typically best. So um, this is something that I do every Monday for the following week. The reason why I do it Monday is because if I wait until Friday and then I try to do that for the following, my calendar is already getting full. So it's kind of too late and I have a lot less flexibility. So. Every Monday, I take a look at my calendar for the following week and decide, you know, based on what's happening, whatever deals might be emotion, initiatives of the company internally and projects and that sort of thing, what do I need time on my schedule to complete things and make sure that it's there so the ball doesn't get dropped. I think that's huge. Um, and then additionally, every Friday afternoon, I have time on my schedule to reflect on what went well, what didn't a little bit of a start stop continue every Friday. So, hey, this is what this is what I'd like to start doing. These are things I need to stop doing. And these are things that are going well, I need to keep doing. And is there anything that I can tune in on that? So those are really two important things overarching that I think need to be there. And then, you know, as an AE, only about 20% of your week is, is prospecting time. So we need to be incredibly efficient. And this comes out to, and this is, this isn't untrue for an SDR either. Like you should be doing this in SDR, but it's even more critical for an AE we need to be time batching things. Like so we need to block things and, and batch. So, you know, Jason and I talk a lot about the grocery store analogy. Like you don't every single day, wake up, go to the grocery store, buy your groceries that you're gonna eat that day, come home, cook them, and then eat that and then clean up and then do that all over again. <laughs> the next day, you go to the grocery store one day per week, most people, and you buy the food that you're gonna eat for the week, anything you might need. And then you probably cook like two, three days a week and you put little containers in the fridge so you can pop in and you clean a little bit up after every time you eat. And like, that's the general flow. 
those are those are that's how you batch that out. The same is no different in sales. And our job is, regardless, even if you're not in sales, um, there are parts of your job that contain multiple factors. So let's zero in on prospecting. Um, you know, there's account selection and like account research. Then there's contact research, getting all of their data and you know personalization triggers, things of that nature. Um, there's putting them into sequences. Hopefully you have customized sequences based on persona, et cetera. And then you have the actual calling, the actual emailing and the actual LinkedIn steps. All of those pieces should be blocked and batched. So for me personally, about twice a week is when I do like my research slash finding the contact. So I'll look at companies that I want to contact and I find people at those companies that I believe will be good contacts. And I get a list built and some notes made just doing some research. I do that generally twice a week so that I'm never like logging in and don't have a list of people that I need to contact. This is all, this is also like has to do with like lowering the amount of decisions that you need to make, which mm -hmm. is something I want to get into later too. But I don't need to be, when I'm trying to make my cold calls, people often struggle with making their cold calls, they have call reluctance. They, they, you know, sometimes aren't feeling hot about it. They may have had a bad swing of things. And so now they don't want to do it. It needs to be as easy as possible to do that thing. And I'm usually have had the most success calling in the morning. So I don't want to wake up and use all of my willpower to research, plan, prep, do all these things, and then get to cold calling in the afternoon. I don't want to do that. I want to wake up and I want to be calling like eight, eight thirty, nine, whatever depends on time zone, that kind of thing. But I want to be calling first thing in the morning. So my willpower is the highest. I'm going to do the thing that is like the toughest thing to do first thing in the morning. I'm going to save things that are like more monotonous, boring, um, uninteresting to me, but also not hard to do and requires no human action interaction. It's just like reading research, clicking buttons for like more in the afternoon type of things. So in general, I would suggest twice a week blocking out time to do your research on prospecting. That needs to be a regular part of your calendar. And then you need to time block when you're doing your cold calls and when you're doing your email steps and LinkedIn steps. I would not suggest switching back and forth between all three of those things when you're actually doing the prospecting. You'll become much more efficient that way. And that's needed as an AE. Prospecting is all about efficiency. So, I mean, effectiveness, quality, all that matters too. I'm taking that for granted that you've done the homework there and you know the accounts, you know the people you need to talk to. But the system needs to be efficient. And then save your afternoons, like 2 to 5 p.m. for your sales calls. That is where sales calls need to go. If you look at like gong stats and pretty much anybody that's measuring this kind of thing, you get a lot less no-shows on afternoon meetings than you do morning meetings. I've found the same to be true for me personally. When I have like 10 a.m. meetings, I can't tell you how many times they get pushed. But when I have a 4 p.m. meeting, oftentimes they show up. Set your sales calls in the afternoon. Reserve that time for the afternoon. Don't put prospecting time in there. There's no reason you're there. You're, I don't care what, how big or badass you are as an AE, like you, your calendar is not packed 24 seven with mandatory meetings and things of that nature. Leave your afternoons blocked for sales calls, leave them open. If you're using some sort of calendar function for people internally, like if you're using like a Calendly or a HubSpot link or anything like that to send out to people to schedule time with you, Separate your links between links you send to prospects and links you send to customers, non-prospects, et cetera. And on your 
customers, internal team, friends, that link, control the availability and make them not, you know, block out two to four, two to five, whatever, that they cannot schedule during that time. They will never show available. Then you also need time to do follow-ups for both like the sales calls you had that day, sending follow-up emails, which we can dive into that. I think that's kind of the next thing we want to talk about, right? Um, Brendan on, um, on that piece, but the, uh, the, you might, you might need a follow-up block. Like I do a couple of times a week, I have a follow-up block that I'm like going back through old things, whether that be deals that have kind of gone silent, um, mm. things that are kind of in a limbo stage of there isn't a next step set. Um, there should be most of the time, but you're, you're going to have times deep in funnel where you're waiting for someone to review something or whatever it might be. So I have blocks for those kind of follow-ups. And then um, also, you know, we have, you have your internal meetings, but I would organize your internal meetings mostly on like one or two days of the week. So personally, I try to do all of mine on Mondays and Fridays. Now I have internal meetings that in my position now <laughs> that are all throughout the week, but as an AE, try to get all of your internal meetings on Mondays and Fridays, uh, particularly Friday mornings and Monday afternoons, because Monday mornings is a great time to prospect. And Friday afternoon is also a really great time to prospect. So I would try to configure my schedule around that. Ask your sales manager, tell them why I'm sure they're willing to accommodate. If you're like, hey, I have my most productive prospecting times to get the most meetings set Friday afternoon, they'll probably move that uh, meeting to Friday morning. Also, who the fuck wants to be on a meeting on Friday afternoon? Um, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, Monday afternoon, because Monday morning is a really great time to prospect. Also, usually a sales manager won't care because they are also super busy on Monday morning and don't really want to do a meeting. So that is a broad level overview on how to structure your week for success. I can go in deeper if you'd like, if you have questions around anything there, Brendan. No, there, there are a couple of things that I had, I had jot down because I thought they were, uh, I'm going to implement them immediately. The prepping for the following week on a Monday and not doing it on a Friday, because I do kind of like a review preview week on Fridays, whereas Friday should be my, you know, start, stop, continue day. And then Monday should be looking at the following week and kind of analyzing that week and you know, where I could fit things in or where I need to devote more time to where I can carve out more blocks. Uh, I found that to be really, um, really interesting and something that I'm going to implement moving forward. <clears throat> and um, I, we were alluding to, uh, you mentioned it there, the adding buffers around your meetings or, or batching your time. Uh, there was a, a fellow outbound member who had brought it up, like, how can I optimize my time to make the most cold calls? I'm trying to increase my activity. And we did a, a great job of understanding his process. And he was going to the grocery store every single time he was making cold calls. We kind of analyzed that. We broke it down. And he has now um, structured his week um, and added blocks for the different processes that it takes to uh, make a cold call. So I found that to be a, a couple just really neat tactics that you can implement right away. Super easy to do. Um, so just wanted to double click on those on those pieces there. Um, we did you did touch on the the calendar buffers piece. If you're if you're finding yourself to be a little bit too busy, add some buffers to before and then post meeting to get either prep done or follow ups in place. Um, but yeah. That's controllable too through your, you know, if you're, if you're using 
a link to allow people to schedule. You can create buffer times around those events. Um, I don't actually think I touched on it. The uh, the audio challenge might have threw off the <laughs> uh, schedule there, but I don't think I touched on that. Um, so that's an important call out. Good, good call out. Um, so what Brennan's chatting about here is like for your actual sales calls, you know, there's there's always even if this is call number seven, there's always like a slight bit of prep you need to be doing. And sometimes, obviously, there's a lot of prep if you're moving into a demo and you know multiple people coming on that you don't know, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, for basic intro calls, it should not, I mean, the time you prep should be directly related to how much your thing costs. If you're selling multi-million dollar deals, you probably should light a little bit more time for prep. If this is a 20K deal, you probably should be super efficient with your prep. Um, I think you can be super efficient in all cases. And we're going to dig into this a little bit more later. But one basic thing, when you have a sales call, don't schedule a sales call back to back. Be more in control of your calendar. So this is, Brendan touched on this when we opened the call around, you know, you get the prospect on the phone, they want to meet and they throw out a time and you could make that work. You could squeeze it in, but then you're losing prep time. You're losing follow-up time, et cetera. So I put blocks on my schedule before a sales call to prep. Um, and I put blocks on my schedule after a call, uh, after an intro call to send the follow-up email. I believe timeliness is really, really important on that. Um, I actually don't send the follow-up immediately after. I use something like Boomerang to have it sent in like an hour. So uh, we can dig into the reasoning there, but it um, it does. If I send you a very a very like well scripted follow-up email two seconds after we get off the phone, then you know that that's a template. <laughs> And so I schedule it to be an hour. I will do it immediately when we get off the phone. So everything's fresh, top of mind. I have all my notes, but then I will schedule it to send an hour later. Um, that is just a perception thing. I think it's important. Um, that prep time, the only way I'm going to move that is if I have time on my schedule earlier in the day to put a block for prepping for that call. That is the only time I'm going to move it. So this comes down to being very in control of your calendar and not allowing prospects to dictate when they meet with you goes, mm -hmm. this goes back to the peer to peer mentality. My time is just as important as yours. And ultimately, like, it's not just you being, Oh, I'm so important. And this is my schedule. It's also, this is to ensure that your experience as the prospect is as good as it needs to be. It's perfect. We have everything covered. Make sure I'm doing my job. Well, I need time to do that. So don't let people just the only, the only exception here, is if this was like my top 10 accounts, they reach out to me and they want to meet. Finally, I'm going to make that happen. Outside of that scenario, you are also going to have to work with me on my schedule. So um, my buffers are short. I do a 10 minute buffer. That's all I really need for prep and a 10 minute buffer after. It's all I really need for follow-ups. If it takes you longer to do follow-ups in 10 minutes, then your system, your system's broken. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I'll stop there on the calendar buffers, structure in the week. Any questions there, Brendan? No, I mean, it, it, it's okay to, to express that you're busy to a prospect. Hey, I can't make that time work. Sorry. You know, it doesn't, I wouldn't convey it in that language, but like, it's okay to, if they throw out a time, say, hey, it doesn't work on my end. How about, you know, extra Y if you're getting down to, you know, calendar us, calendars are up and you're getting time to, to schedule it. Sometimes it's appreciated, you know, like 
Uh, I wouldn't. This also, is, this, this is also why you don't ever schedule things like super quick. Like I never, I never ever ever schedule something for the same week, ever. Mm-hmm. If I'm on a cold call, this is I get a lot of pushback on this, but I'm telling you, my show rate is through the roof, and I never ever schedule it for the same week. If I'm calling you on Monday, my close of my cold call is because I know me trying to fit in a meeting this week is going to create the scenario I'm trying to avoid every time, every time. So my close is. Every single phone call, hey, Brendan, well, hey, my, my goal here wasn't to take up too much of your time today. You know, I promised I'd be brief, but would you be open to unpacking this with me sometime next week, man, when I'm, you know, not totally calling you out of the blue? Sometime yes. next week, every time, because I have more flexibility in my schedule next week. I can accommodate you better. I can avoid the back and forth of, you no, know, Thursday, I have this, I have that. I can just avoid that. If I go to next week, I'm going to have more availability. I have time reserved sales calls. I can make it happen. So there's nuances there, but being in control of your schedule. Cool. Um, one thing that I, I did want to touch on, we're, t- we're talking about structure of uh, time management as it pertains to your week. Um, I also think once you're actually on a call and it is not necessarily an intro call, but also on your demos and on your follow-up calls, your technical deep dives, um, laying out groundworks of the time of the call and how that call will go, and then giving yourself enough time at the end uh, to probably plan for potential next steps. So I wanted to uh, to kind of unpack that a little bit more, discuss some like really quick, easy tactics that that reps can implement right away on their calls to um, um, to better control the call in the sense in the allotted time that they have with the prospect or client. Yep. Um, so. Obviously, there's variables, whether this is 30-minute meeting, 45, 60, that kind of thing. But there's some overarching principles that just are the same regardless. So one thing is anytime you can give time back, do it. Even if this is a 30-minute intro call, and I know that's a short amount of time for an outbound enterprise deal, 30-minute intro call. However, I can't tell you how many times I've ended that call at 25 minutes. And giving time back to the prospect, even if it's only five minutes, you know how appreciated that is and how much they will continue to want to meet with you when you respect people's time. And if you're incredibly inefficient and going down the wire every time and getting going over a couple minutes, that's not okay, man. And you need to fix that. And that comes down to managing your time on the call. So let's break that down a little bit. Let's talk about intro calls first. Um, it really is the framework's the same, but you know, your first seven to 10 minutes, we have a 30 minute call. Then we have seven to 10 minutes for upfront rapport building, discovery, asking some questions, understanding what the prospect's trying to do, where they're at now, et cetera, seven minutes. So I'm not going to chit chat with you about the weather for three of those seven minutes. I'm not going to chit chat with you about your guitar in the background for three minutes. I might mention it, but if you're going to mention things like that, you need to be like Mr. Suave, sophisticated, and able to get yourself out of that conversation. Because if, that, if those rapport building conversations go on for 15 minutes, you're setting yourself up for a challenge of getting next steps up. Because now you only got about seven minutes on the middle of this call to do any type of discovery, build any sort of gap, and then you need to transition to next steps. So you're fucked. <laughs> You know, I mean, it can be done and it has been done, but it's, it's about odds and setting yourself up for success. Like this is why I hate it when people say sales is not a numbers game. 
everything is a numbers game and everything has statistical odds of success. And it's not about the perfect timing creates the perfect call. No, but it is a piece of it and it's a controllable piece of it. And that's what you need to zero in on as a salesperson. There are variables outside of your control. You cannot control what this person does when they get off this call with you and they go back internally. You cannot control how they present this to their boss. You can help them, but you cannot control the words that come out of their mouth. You cannot control the market. You cannot control blah, 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 the long list of those things. You can control the timing and flow of your calls. So fucking control it. So seven to 10 minutes tops, rapport building, discovery up front. This is why I'm such a, we talked about this last week. This is why I'm so bullish on bringing your prep and using that to leverage to build world-class rapport really fast because it lets you do it really fast and gets a lot of really good things out of your prospect up front immediately. That's why it's a time management thing. It's not because I think it's the apps. I do think it's the best tactic, but that's, it's really a time management thing. I need to get out what I know. I need to lay that groundwork there. I need to speed up this rapport building section. I need to make, make you see me as a trusted advisor as fast as humanly possible. And it's hard to do. One easy way to do that is leveraging your prep. So seven, 10 minutes up front. And then you got about 10 minutes for, you know, going in and out of your presentation, the raising of issues, the building, the gap, the addressing why change. Mm. This is not an intro call to address why you. It's what the next calls for. It's not what this calls for. Why change? And why now a bit? Why change why now? And driving urgency. We're going to answer why you. We're going to give a teaser of why you. So that's where like the next section is. Is like, you have me in notes. Now we're 20 minutes in. I say both those time took two minutes. We're 20 minutes in. You have two minutes then to address why you very briefly. And that's really easy to do if you've done the first two steps right. Because the second step should be a lot of storytelling, bringing up what other people are experiencing, what they're trying to do, some outcomes they were able to drive by fixing these challenges, asking how much that surprised people, how that resonates, how that compares, digging in along the way. And I'm going to spend two minutes just really quick. Great. Um, this is how we help them. Da, 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 da. Hey, based on what we talked about today, Brendan, recap, bam, I'm moving to the next steps. So you'll notice I'm allowing seven to eight minutes for next steps. This is so I never run into a problem of, I need to talk with my team. I don't, I can't, get, well, we got to go. I got to go. I don't have my calendar. That's why you need seven minutes at minimum. Um, I used to set a timer. I don't anymore because I'm just, it's just very systematic. Now it's habit. I look at the clock. I know it's time transition. Next step conversation. And it's a hard transition. We could be in the middle of conversation and I'd be like, Hey, Brendan, I want to be conscious of our, of our time. We have seven minutes left. So, um, or, you know, would it be okay if I kind of give you a little bit of a recap of what I've heard? And we could talk about, you know, what makes sense as next steps. Yes, Ethan, that'd be great. Awesome. So, hey, based on what we chatted about today, Brendan, it sounds like summary, pains, gains, and impact. I see a strong potential for Aussie sales to be helpful here. Would you mm -hmm. agree it, it makes sense to dig in a bit more? Yeah, great. Hey, the typical next step on our end is X. On that call, we'll do X. Typically for that call, based on that agenda, usually your CMO and your um, business development leader is going to want to be on that call. Would that be Jane and Susie from your end, Brendan, or would that be someone else? Great. Calendar's out. Get it scheduled. Awesome. Hey, Brendan, this is what people never do. This piece because they never have time. Hey, Brendan. Um, hey, curious, what's going to happen between now and that conversation? Is there any way that I can help support you internally? Nobody asked that question. And if you did, you'd learn so much about how you can help make sure to help. 
Hey, great. Maybe they say nothing. Maybe they give you a little bit. Maybe they don't. This is where you coach though. Awesome. Brendan. Well, Hey, it's usually helpful for me to make like a super quick video, uh, a little bit of a recap of this call that you can share with the team. So everyone's like a little bit more up to speed. So we can kind of make that next call the most efficient as possible. Would that be helpful? I sent that over. Yeah, Ethan, that'd be great. Awesome. I like video because I can track views, know who's looking at it, know if it got looked at, all that kind of shit between now and then. And then you get off the uh, get off the call. You're done. So the framework's no different. Um, if this is an hour long call, then you have more time. But the framework's mm-hmm. the same. Forty five minutes, same thing. You have you have more time, which is good. I like to schedule my intro calls for sixty minutes. If you can get it, get it. A lot of times you can't. It's only thirty. So the framework's the same. Demos, next calls, they're all the fucking same. You're going to recap, build rapport with new parties involved, or continue to build more rapport by showing your professionalism. Everyone loves a quick catch up at the beginning of the call, but you need to be super efficient at it. Bam, 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 bam. I put it up on the screen normally on a slide. This is where we're at. This is what we talked about. This is what point in the buyer's journey we're in, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah. Obviously, I don't say that, that we're in the buyer's journey of this space, but you know, <laughs> I, I show that map of where we're at, what we've talked about, what I've learned, what I know, what they know, et cetera. Recap. Anything you want to add or take away? Nope. Great. Let's get down to business. On today's call, we're going to front contract. You know, um, and that's going to the framework same. You're going to do more discovery on every call. If you're doing a demo, you're going to show with impact. You're going to everything you show has a specific reason and you explain. You make the implicit explicit. You don't let the prospect connect any dots on their own. And then, you know, we're going to wrap it up and go to next steps. Same framework. So a lot minutes set timers. And it depends on the length of your call, but you need to have that planned for each length of call that you do. Yeah. That's and, how you manage time on sales calls. And the importance just like why it's so important to kind of um, acknowledge time and then stick to it. One, if you acknowledge it at the beginning of the call, there is a time check. It's going to put the prospect at ease. Hey, this guy's aware uh, of my time. Um, the last thing that the prospect wants is like, all right, I got a meeting right after this. And yeah. they don't want to feel rude at the end of the call cutting you off. And I usually uh, say it right up front whenever you do the time check and they say, yep, that's great. I'll say, awesome. I'm going to try to get you out here a little early if I can. And then move on. And they're like, oh my God, this guy appreciates my time. This is amazing. Like, yeah, this is, this is a great rep. Uh, and then at the end of the call, you know, it, it's, it just makes such an easier transition to set next steps. And then if for whatever reason, if the call was just like, okay, maybe timing's a little bit off, you have carved yourself out an, enough time at the end to then work through any objection that you may get. Yeah, because the timing's always going to be off if it's outbound. I mean, very rarely you're going to have it where the timing is perfect. It's always going to be off. And this is where you get, you know, I hate to call it objection handling, um, but this is where we can have those conversations and we can be a coach and, you know, hey, oh, great, this is, you know, let's reach back out in six months. Hey, awesome, Brennan could definitely do that. Hey, curious, what about six months is going to make this the right time? Are you wanting to have this implemented in six months? Or do you want to have be evaluating this in six months? Those are all important questions because you know how yeah. long it takes to buy your thing, get set up and rock and rolling. So if they say, I want to have this implemented in six months, work backwards in that, show them that, tell them the process, show them the buying process and let them know it makes sense to chat a lot sooner. I'm not asking you to buy anything today, but if you're trying to have this implemented in six months, well, we need to talk sooner than then. We can't talk a month beforehand. We won't be ready to go. I won't be able to do what you need. It's all about them. Make it all about them. Yeah. And you said, uh, it, you know, friend of the show here, Jordana, not objection handling, objection understanding. You're just trying to understand that that time frame that they give you um, a little bit more there. Um, yeah. But that's separate episode there. Um, 
last thing I wanted to touch upon here, um, we see this unfortunately uh, too often with the follow-up or lack thereof, um, but can you just stress the importance of it and why it's um, critical to kind of carve out some time or uh, to create templates for uh, things that you send post meetings, why it's important, what do, what do those templates look like? Um, yeah. Can you just unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. You need to systematize everything. If an AE tells me I don't have time, that means that you are running around like a chicken with your head cut off. I do not care how much pipeline you have built. I do not care how many meetings you have. If you are, if you are complaining about time, then you are lacking structure and process, period, in a discussion. Face the facts. Look in the mirror. It is on you. You need to systematize everything. We need to reduce decision-making that has to happen on a daily basis. So you need to have a template for your prep. What is the process that you follow for prep? Write it down, put it in a doc, make a template, make it easy. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to remember. You pull up that document and it tells you. Ask yourself questions and all you have to do is fill in the fucking questions. That's it. You don't have to think about it. Just do it. Need a template, make a template for your follow-up emails. Obviously, it's going to be customized for everybody. I'm not saying send everyone the same follow-up email, but the framework will be the same. Templatize it. Test some things. See what works best. Templatize it. This is a step people don't do. You're already doing it. I'm not, I do not suggest you do this in advance. You should go through the process once or twice and document what you're doing and what works well, and then that becomes your template. We do the same thing in Outbound Squad. Don't try to write your templates in advance. Write your emails the first time. Write them. Just write them. And then you create templates out of those. So the framework will be the same. My template is going to look like intro. Hey, Brendan, team, whatever. It was great chatting with you about insert initiatives, goals, pains, gains, impact. Below is my notes from the conversation. Here's a quick video summarizing if you'd prefer. Insert video link. Next, here's bullet format, if that's easier. And then I'm just like copy and pasting my notes from my note document into that, shortening it up, tightening it up. And then the closeout is next steps. For next steps, we have, I'm going to have that even if it's not on the calendar. But if it is on the calendar, we have a call. Da, 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 da. Everyone should have that invite. Can you let me know if that came through okay so I know that you're good to go? I'm creating email interactions that reply, yes, Ethan, I'm good to go. Even if it's not on the calendar, let's say it's, uh, I need to circle back with my team. So next steps will be said. For next steps, Brendan needs to talk with Jamie and review ABC. Here are a couple of resources helpful for that conversation. I'm going to follow up with you on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Brendan, can you let me know that all this sounds good on your end so I know that I, I didn't miss the mark? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get a reply on my follow-up email, not just send it into the ether. I'm asking for a reply mm -hmm. and a one-word reply. Yes, good to go. Thanks, Ethan. Whatever. That's it. Make a template. You need to have, for all the things I just listed, you know what scenarios popped up. You need to have a folder created on your Chrome browser or whatever browser you're using that has links to all of your resources that you use in the sales process. Direct links, not gated links to all the resources you use in sales process. So when that person says, I'd like to see the architecture, 
I'd like to see how it compares to monolithic. Da, 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 da. I'd like to see how this compares to building internally, whatever. You've got those links handy dandy. You don't have to go ask marketing. You don't have to go hunt it down. Every time you do have to go hunt it down, guess what you do with that link? You add it to your fucking folder. So it's there next time, ready to go. Systematize every freaking thing. If you find yourself linking out multiple resources on routine, add it to your template. Then you want a template for your calendar invites. I don't want to have to think about what I need to say in my calendar invite and agenda every time. Template, copy, paste, edit based on the prospect. Done. That's it. And we want a sales deck that is templatized with an appendix. So instead of customizing shit every time, every time you customize something for somebody, just move that down to an appendix. Don't, and you can save a deck that has no personalization that you send afterwards. So I have two decks always. I have my deck that I use in presentation and I have my leave behind deck. So the leave behind deck is just concise main things I send. The deck that I use, it might, my, my personal one has like 70 fucking slides. I'm only going to show like seven or eight in the call, but I have them there depending on where the conversation goes. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make things visual if we get in a conversation around whatever the topic may be. So every time something comes up in a sales call, you should get a slide built and you should add that to your appendix. I'm not saying you should go through all those slides. That is a terrible fucking idea. You should just have them there if needed. And every time you customize one for a prospect, that goes into your appendix. So when that situation pulls up again, scroll down, find that one, replace with their information, good to go. Systematize and templatize everything. That is how you increase speed, velocity, efficiency, cut down on prep time needed, cut down on follow-up time needed. That's how you do it. You know, templatize everything. So if you're not doing that already, that is like your number one takeaway right now. You go look at stuff you do, create your templates, create your folders, create organization. That will help your life be so much better as a seller and you will make more money. It's that simple. Anything else, Brendan? I get got. passionate about that one. That's all you got? No, no that's all I got. I, I Coming from a, a company where we didn't have a sales enablement platform and then moving over to, uh, to outreach, leveraging the snippets feature and just like uh, has saved so much time. Yep. Put your and all these things, all these things make seller's life easier and people don't yep. use them. It's just because it takes time to set up. Yes. Put time in your calendar, set it up then. <laughs> go on your calendar right now and block out time to go through some of this. Maybe that needs to happen every week for a few weeks. So you're ready. Well, then block time every week for the next few weeks. It doesn't have to all be done tomorrow. Don't get overwhelmed. Start with one thing. Start with your templates for your prep. Then go to your follow-up emails and what are you doing? send. Don't try to reinvent the wheel here. Go look at your best follow-up. Go look at deals closed one. What follow-up emails did you send? Create a template out of those. Don't reinvent the wheel. Organize your folders. What links do you normally send? Create a folder so they're all right there. Tem make a template for what are you usually sending your calendar invites for your agenda. Templatize it. Copy that down somewhere. Ready to go. Sales decks. What do you typically show? What custom decks have you built? How can you combine those into one big deck so you have an appendix and ready to go? And then create a copy of that with just the things needed for the leave behind deck. There's your action items. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Very good. That was a good episode. A um, little bit longer today, but I think that was good. Hope everyone enjoyed, and we will uh, we'll see you next week for the next Focus Fridays. Cheers. Yeah.